All right, NBA fans, your favorite podcast is back. And in this episode of the Best of Seven, we chop it up about Russell Westbrook possibly being fed up with playing alongside LeBron and AD. We also chop it up and look back 10 years ago at the OKC Thunder's Big Three, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Where are they now? Hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's get it. Episode 142. Oh, man, y'all better buckle up. I do want to thank everybody, man. Welcome back to the Best of Seven Sports Talk. I'm Seven Mitchell. I'm in the building. D-Money is definitely in the <laughs> building. We got the hottest NBA talk to talk about, man. You see, today I'm, I've graduated, man. I have to show D-Level that when it comes to this debate thing in the NBA, there's levels. So I, I had to come prepared today. I want to show D-Money again that there's definitely levels I have graduated to. A whole nother atmosphere in today's okay. topics. So we appreciate y'all. It's about to be a good show. Uh, before we get started with the first half, tipping things off, man, make sure you follow and subscribe to the Best of Seven Sports Talk podcast available on all listening platforms. D-Money, what's happening, my G? A lot, of, a lot of weird things going in the NBA, you know, things I don't really want to talk about, but let's 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 go ahead and get into it let's get into it man let's start off man let's tip things off with the first topic of the first half of the show so russell westbrook and lebron james and anthony davis allegedly was on a phone call over the weekend or sometime last week reportedly and they have come to the conclusion that they're going to do everything it takes to make things work do you believe that phone conversation because Russell Westbrook and LeBron was both spotted at a summer league game and they both sat on different sides of the court, never interacted the whole time they were there. Russell just got rid of his agent who he had as after 14 seasons. Do you think this is a bunch of BS when we talking about LeBron Westbrook and AD keeping everything, you know, together, doing whatever it takes to stick? Or do you think Westbrook really wants out of L.A.? All right. So let me start with the conversation first. You remember that show? You remember that movie we should grow up with? Uh, Pinocchio back in the day. Mm. You remember the cricket? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. He'd, sing, he'd be like, when you wish upon a star, <laughs> there's no difference who you, who are. you are. That's what, yeah, yeah. That's what y'all, that's what, that's what I think about y'all, man. Cause y'all, y'all stay wishing, bro. I don't understand why we have to go through this. Because like, see, yeah. my Lakers got so much potential, bro. We're talking about having, one maybe the GOAT, the greatest of all time, still playing at an elite level. We're talking about having Anthony Davis, who when healthy has shown that he's a top five player. So that's why it's always high expectations. And then again, we're the LA Lakers. So Russell okay. Westbrook, so, uh, uh, and former MVP, why not have Russ, Russ still not taking accountability, bro. Um, you firing you fire your agent after 14 seasons, bro. That at some point, you know, you got to realize it, it might be me. You know what I'm saying? As as a man. And I don't think he's starting to get there just yet. So but as a man, on the flip side, though, D-Money, I understand that. But as a man, the agent works for you. I'm saying that. And you can give all the advice you want. But at the end of the day, I'm going to make the decisions. And if you keep pushing against my decision, then it is time for us to part ways. He is telling Russell Westbrook, maybe you should go ahead, take less of a role, come off the bench, get 
get your money from LA and just deal mm-hmm. with what's being in front of you. Russell don't want that. Whether it's right or wrong, as a man, Russell doesn't want that, and he's standing on what he wants. Okay. And I really can't blame him because this whole last season, let's not act like the Lakers fan and everybody wasn't getting on him, getting on his family. Like they showed mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook no respect. So really, why would he want to stay, even though this is his home? He definitely mm-hmm. didn't get a good homecoming. I'm not even going to say he deserved one, but when you mm-hmm. look at him, man, he might not want to stay there. Where he going to go? I'm trying to... You can see where I'm trying to get to. Like, that's the that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Like he still thinks of himself like 28, 27, 28 Russ. Bro, you're not that Russ anymore, G. Like, but let's keep it right. real, D Money. Is D- D- Russell Westbrook trying t- trying to take the mistakes out of his game? He still plays at a level of a 27, 28 year old. Am I right? He's still I mean, athletic, you, athletically, right? He still has he still has some stuff, but there's also other stuff that continues to be lacking. And you know, after you get past 30, you know, you just are who you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Russell has a, Russell don't have one of these. Like we talked about LeBron, we talked about Jordan the, on our last live stream. We talked about how some of the greats in the NBA, the older they get, their mental game catches up with their physical ability. Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. that's how the Mamba mentality came into play. Russell Westbrook has not seemed to have graduated from his mental, his basketball IQ to match up to those athletic mm-hmm. abilities. And he has definitely been in the league, you know, for a long time. But if you're asking me where could Russell go, bro, there's definitely a team that I think Russell Westbrook should go. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the um, actual show. But, I mean, if you're looking to sell tickets and stuff like that, man, why not New York? Okay. So I see this project for L.A. trying to work everything out. I see it working maybe the first month. And then Russ is going to go back to his old ways and it's going to piss LeBron off. And then here comes passive aggressive LeBron, like he always does. And then they're going to blame Russ for every, every game that they lose because it's never the King's fault. So there's that. And uh, yeah, I think Russ gets traded by midseason. Let me ask you a question because I know you're I, one of the biggest LeBron haters that I have up here on the show. <laughs> when have you actually seen LeBron's LeBron James lose a significant amount of games for his team? You can sit up there and talk to me all day about his decisions to bring these guys on to be teammates and he's the GM or he's the head coach and all that other crap. But mm-hmm. in between the lines, when we're playing basketball, how many times have you seen LeBron James in his 19-year career cost his team the basketball game? How many times have you ever seen it? I mean, since he's been in L.A.? Uh, oh, my God, bro. Uh, you know LeBron does not have any <laughs> history of losing games like that, bro, in any team he's ever been. So, Oh, Just no, they're cut always the crap gonna, with this. They're LeBron always gonna James ain't getting the blame if they lose. He don't deserve the blame. Year 19, he averaged almost 30 points last season. They, what they blame are you going to give him? Okay. Cut it out, man. Unbelievable. Okay. 
<laughs> Will it work? Will it work though? Hypothetically, you said that more than likely they're going to try this thing from the start of the season and then pride and ego is going to kick into play. If there's no trade value or there's no nobody trying to get this done now, there's not going to be no one that's going to be wanting to get this thing done mid-season unless we talk about injuries. So it's do or die with the Lakers with these three, A.D., Russell, mm-hmm. and LeBron. Is there any chance that they could get it done and make a real run next year? At least to the playoffs. I want to start off slow. I don't even want to talk championship. Can these three guys help the Lakers organization get back to the postseason? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, listen, if AD is healthy and uh, if you can get Russ in some type of capacity, like where he's serviceable and LeBron is still, you know, 80% LeBron, yeah, you should, you should make it into the um, postseason. Not no but play. it's all gonna. I think for me, AD has to be the guy to to do to lead that. You know what I mean? But to ask LeBron to still try to do this at 37, 38, I mean, the whole plan was for AD to be that be that guy. So if they can figure out a way to get AD to go back to 2020 AD, then I think y'all have a, a significant chance. That's the problem, though. It's, it's, it starts and ends with AD. That's for me. And I know you don't like that, but... <laughs> it's what it is. You know why I don't like that? Because you're why? right. Because you're absolutely <laughs> right. To me, he's not the leader of the Lakers, but the success of the Lakers at the end of the day is going to result around Anthony oh. Davis. Not because of Anthony Davis, but it's going to result around Anthony Davis, and a part of me feel like LeBron knows Anthony Davis ain't that guy no more. He done won his ring. He don't have that hunger no more. Part of me feel like LeBron knows that, but LeBron don't have no choice but to try to bring this guy back up. He brought him here, so, you know, that's a responsibility LeBron has with AD more or less than LeBron has with Russ, even though, you know, they campaign for Russ to come over. He definitely got to make sure AD is happy because they won that chip. Mm-hmm. But I think deep down inside, LeBron know AD ain't ain't that guy no more, and that's why I think low key he want he need Kyrie, he needs that trade to happen with Kyrie and Russ, and I just don't I just don't think it's going to happen. Kyrie not coming to y'all, man. Y'all y'all can go ahead and that ship is sailed. Yeah. But as far as as far as with Russ and try to make things work, uh, I believe, yeah, it has it has to be AD, bro. That that's that that's all you know. Ain't nowhere to slice or dice of this. It is what it is. All right, man. This is the best of seven sports talk with Seven Mitchell and D Money, episode one forty two. We about to go pay some bills real quick. When we come back. We got the second half of the show. We got a couple dope topics to chop up with when it comes to the NBA. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. We also live streaming on our YouTube channel, Best of Seven Sports Talk. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Let us know what y'all think about today's topics. We'll be right back with you guys in about 30 seconds. Oh, pause. <laughs> 
All right, man, we are back to the best of seven sports talk. Seven Mitchell D Money in the building, man. Episode 142. Yes, sir. So all the NBA fans and everyone in the NBA community, man. Once again, a quick reminder just make sure you guys follow and subscribe to the best of seven sports talk. Available on all your favorite listening platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you mm-hmm. like to listen to your favorite podcasts. We are rocking and rolling. Definitely appreciate your support. We do have the merchandise available. And if you want to catch us on social media, links will be in the description box. About to get into the second half of today's show. D Money, we just kind of got off of Russell Westbrook. And before we get into the second half topic, I do want to have not so much some trivia with you real quick, but just a stat that kind of blew my mind. So the most 10 assist games by active players. Chris Paul is number one, right? With 552 games of 10 plus assists. Yeah. Guess who's number two? Russell Westbrook. Mm. At 380. Russell Westbrook, when it comes to most 10 assist games, has more than Rajon Rondo who we always credit as being a floor general, great basketball IQ. LeBron James. He has more 10 assist games than LeBron. Almost 100 more than LeBron. And um, John Wall came in fifth with 270. That's pretty impressive because John Wall been hurt so much. But, you know, Chris Paul is is the essential point guard. He, he, he ran, He's running away with this at 552, but Russ... At 380, in front of Rajon and LeBron, should that stat put a little bit of respect on his name when we talk about being a leader, floor general? I mean, I mean, he went four years averaging a triple double. You know what I'm saying? So, juking the stats. I mean, <laughs> juking the stats. <laughs> I would hope so. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's <laughs> who out here cheating, y'all. I used to watch him, bro. I used to watch him when the, when he was getting the MVPs, man. And I know you've seen it. He used to take the rebound from his own teammates, bro, just to make sure that he hit that mm-hmm. stat line. Yo, he used to, bro, Russell was a piece of work. He would steal a ball from his own players if he could, bro, just to get the numbers, bro. <laughs> that nigga is terrible, bro. <laughs> well, according to the coach, you know, that's my team. So according to the coach at the time, they said it felt like, you know, if Russ were to get the ball off the rebound, he could dictate the pace of the game and dictate the pace of the offense because he already has the ball. And he could just go ahead and shoot down to the other side of the uh, court. But my problem with that is, I mean, he runs like he'll run back and forth until he pretty much dead, dead his legs in the fourth quarter. So it's like, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Unbelievable, bro. But, you yeah, know, I, I didn't, you know, when you look at it, when I looked at the numbers, I'm like, damn, man, Russell has been dishing that ball out a lot more than Rondo and LeBron. But then when you this put it why, in perspective about juking those stats those seasons with them MVP and them triple doubles, he better have it. This And this is why I say you have to watch the games more than just the stats, because how are you getting these assists? And and are these in the flow of the game? Are these like 
uh, not so much cherry pickers, but uh, it's easy to go and you know go you know you drive to the goal to the goal line, and then you pass it off to the big man, and all he has to do is go up. You know what I mean? He does that a lot, or he'll try to uh, he'll try to drive to the basket and try to uh, pass it out to the to the uh, three point line, hold and hope and pray somebody makes it because no, there, there for God there was no shooters in OKC for a long time. But he loved when Paul Paul George is there because that was that was his saving grace right there. So. Russ has yeah. more points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks all time than Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, a, you know, again, and I, I think you just really hit it on the head, and I'm going to use that mantra moving forward. Like, you have to watch the game. It, you know, it's, <laughs> the, it's the eye test. Yeah. Because every time I'm looking at numbers from Russ, I'm like, yo, what are these people talking about when it comes to disrespecting this guy? But every time you literally watching this guy play basketball, he gets mid air and then makes the decision on what he's going to do like constantly. Like it's just, it, it, it's crazy. But um, salute to it's Russell not like he's seen, It's not like he's seeing the floor. He's more so everything is reactionary. So I wouldn't say it's necessary like a floor general, but it's he's literally a shooting guard playing point guard. So in other news in the NBA, (laughs) listen to what John Wall had to say. You know, John Wall newly acquired for the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Um, John Wall was asked about the battle of L.A. between the Clippers and the Lakers. John Wall says battle, whatever they call it. I think the Clippers haven't lost in what? The last eight times, if I'm not mistaken. We know who they have over there and we know who we are on our side. What do you think about John? What do you think about John Wall sticking his chest out for a team he hasn't yet played for, sticking his nose in some business that he hasn't actually been a part of yet? Can he play a game? <laughs> Can Kawhi play a game? Can they play games together? I just, oh, man, yo. John, bro, John, bro, we not, I'm not doing this, bro. <laughs> this is the same John that, Pretty much robbed the the Washington Wizards for years. <laughs> Him always being hurt, but he sure got his money. <laughs> Come on, bro. What what are we doing here, man? What are we doing here? Speaking I of money, try to stick up for your team, but come on, bro. Well, what do you think about this act of leadership, James Harden? He opted to take less money to stay in Philly. According to James Harden, he says, I told Daryl Morey to improve the roster, sign who we need to sign and give me whatever is left over. That's how bad I want to win. I want to compete for a championship. That's all that matters to me at this stage. (laughs) This is James Harden of the Philadelphia 76ers. What's your reaction real quick to that? Have fun with this one. Sound good, but this is how it went. Hey, dog. I've been, <laughs> I can only cover for you for so much. I can't validate paying you this much money when he, he, you, you, you forced your way out of Houston, forced your way out the Nets, and you came here overweight. <laughs> That's Daryl Gatto. Daryl loved James you Harden. Did, 
you did what you did in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Did, mm-hmm. Didn't didn't help Oboy at all. So I got to make it make sense for for both of us, man. You know you my guy. I paid you a lot of money. All I ask is, can you just take this little bit off? <laughs> James Harden is out of his damn mind. <laughs> I'm not even going to hold you. I got to talk to the bosses. I really got to talk to the bosses about this guy, man. It sounds good. Hey, his PR team is legit. Yeah, I don't believe that. But I would have rather heard I would have rather heard them say it. I don't like I don't love, I don't want to hear him talking at all. Like mm-hmm. email that tweet that out or something. Like I don't even really want to hear him say it. Like James Harden put to up see, a shut up to me, man. All I want to see from James Harden is workout videos of him getting in shape. <laughs> That's all I want to see, bro. Now let's let me see you serious on that end. So that's, that's going to lead into our second topic for the show. I wanted to kind of lock in with you, D-Money. I wanted to talk about, we talked about Westbrook. We talked about James Harden. I want to go back 10 years ago to OKC, the Thunder, with Harden, Westbrook, Westbrook mm-hmm. and uh, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And here we are 10 years later, bro. Not just so much the demise of the OKC Thunder. When you look at, all of those guys, where they're at right now in their lives and their careers, how wild is that? When you look at Kevin Durant, you know, his situation, do you think he's going to stay in Brooklyn? Do you see him getting traded at all, maybe to Phoenix? There's even talks that Washington, his hometown, has now gotten into the act of trying to get KD. I would I would love to see him go to the Wizards, but I, I just seriously doubt that's going to happen. It doesn't make sense. Why not? Uh, The Nets want absolutely too much. I mean, he's 34. I mean, he's still top three player. I get it. But for what the Nets want, and they're not willing to settle, they want that. uh, The worst thing I told you, the worst thing that could have happened was the Rudy Gobert trade. When they saw the Rudy Gobert trade, they was like, well, if Rudy got this, what can we get for Kevin Durant? We can surely get at least, you know, and then uh, the Donovan Mitchell trade that almost happened with the Knicks. And you seen what they were offering. They was offering like, what, six picks? Right. And like, what, four or five players? And it's like, okay, so what are you going to get for KD? You're going to have to ship out the whole franchise just to get KD. So at least that's what the Nets is wanting. It's just a piece. It's the it's a piece that I don't think Kevin Durant would care. The, people are saying that Kevin Durant wants to go to a stacked team or a team that's, that's right on the cusp of winning the championship. I don't honestly 100% believe that to be the case. If he, if he know that he could pull something off special, I think he's willing to still grind. He's not in his last days. But he needs Bradley Beal to help build that culture in mm-hmm. Washington. And like you said, ain't no way in the world Brooklyn is going to not ask for Bradley Beal in the trade for Kevin Durant. Mm-mm. Forget all those other pieces, Porzingis and all those other guys. You have Kevin Durant and Bradley because Bradley Beal just signed an extension for, what, four or five years with Washington? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and KD's contract, he's 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 signed for another four years, I think. So if that deal was to get done, that means you got about three to four years with Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal to make something happen in Washington. And 
DC Chocolate City, I really think they could bring some other guys. Some people will probably want to come to play with them for a year or two. Yeah, that would be dope. That would be dope, but Brooklyn ain't going to allow that. Nah. <laughs> They're not going to allow see, that. Honestly, I see Kyrie and Kevin Durant playing another year together. In Brooklyn. Yep. What about um, James Harden? You know, we just talked about KD when it came to the that big three of OKC. What about the James Harden side of things? Has he fell off of the face of the earth? Like, will we never see him at that MVP level? Or was that just a phase? I think it's a mixture of the benefits of being in that offense that um, that coach runs. And um, even though he was still doing well, but um, I forgot his name. Um, the coach before, uh, the one that's uh, he used to play for the Boston Celtics. Oh uh, man, what is his name? Danny um, Ainge. Uh, no, nah, not Danny Ainge. He was a power forward. I cannot, I can't call his name. Save my life. Um, but when he was playing for him. Uh, he was productive, but he got way more productive once the the coach that used to coach Steve Nash came in and brought that point guard friendly offense to to Houston, and that was like the best you've seen of James Harden. But I think he only can do what he can in that system. I don't think uh, even even um. Even when they was with Brooklyn for the first year, they still had the coach that was uh, advisor to Steve Nash. Right. And then once Steve Nash, once he had left, you saw he started kind of not rocking with Steve Nash like that by himself. So unless it's like a perfect situation for for James Harden, that's going to be the only way I could see him trying to produce. So I don't think I don't think James Harden loves basketball as much as people think he loves basketball i think he loves the lifestyle of it i think what dang what, what made james Harden so dangerous at a point everyone else gravitated on real quick like mm-hmm. that step back move that he had just seemed to be unstoppable and it looked to be a game changer for him only especially when you implement all the foul calls he was getting mm-hmm. but then you start to see so many other players uh do the the step back shot from all mm-hmm. over the court. So it made, it gave it less of an impact of a signature move for James Harden. Cause everyone was doing it. Then when they changed the rules and he wasn't getting as many calls, you know, he couldn't play that acting role on the court of being fouled and flopping and mm-hmm. all that. He got exposed. Mm-hmm. He got exposed. And there was another couple guys like Trey young. You see Trey young, the, the numbers that he put up before this rule change happened and, you know, him and he picked it up a little bit, but those guys got exposed after that rule change. And I just don't think that James Harden, his the best thing that he brought to the game, we've seen a lot of people doing it. Mm-hmm. And athletically, bro, these young guys are just surpassing him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to have to continue to really mold mentally if he's going to be that star for a long time in the NBA 
And not, I really don't see that right now. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention, not to mention being a defender too. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's still that. And then, I mean, it's just certain things that it's just, just been too many instances with James Harden where you just see his heart get snatched and <laughs> he's pretty much just shuts down, you know? So it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know to really, you know, what you want me to, you know, expect from him. You know what I'm saying? I've seen the same thing since he was in the finals with OKC. We saw a glimpse of it when he got shut down by Mario Chalmers and he just disappeared. And he always has these little stymies where he just disappears. And I don't know what it is, but when the pressure is on, the lights are the brightest. He just, I don't know. Well, last but not least in the trio, we got to talk about Russell Westbrook. I know we spoke about him in the first half of the show, but I did tell you um, there was a team that I would like to see him go back to. And it's exactly this squad, the OKC Thunder. I would definitely like to see a reunion with Russell Westbrook going back home, seeing as that there's not a lot of um, demand for him from other teams. But I will say this because I know you're going to definitely go there. Westbrook would be a terrible, a horrific fit for those young guys that OKC is trying to mold and bring up. He's one that doesn't take accountability, like you said. So why would you want to bring someone in that's not willing to take accountability to stand in the third um, around your young core that you're trying to build? So for a feel-good story, I would like to see him go back to OKC, but... I don't think OKC would do that. Nah, we can't. Um, yeah, they they have a good nucleus as of right now. I don't I don't see them bringing somebody like him uh, to you know open that up. Especially being the type of vet that he is, I don't see him. I don't see how he makes those players better. You know what I'm saying? So it, it is what it is at that point. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, everything they could do for Russ, they did. You know what I'm saying? Um, and vice versa. I, you know, he stuck around with them when KD mm-hmm. left. You know, Russell could have left. Russ stuck it out. Got him to the playoffs. You know, got mm-hmm. the MVP. Well, let me ask you, though, D-Money, if OKC would have stayed together, Harden, Westbrook, and Kevin Durant, would they have won a title by now together? I think I think they the coaching change for Scott Brooks happened a little bit too late. I think that should have happened earlier uh, with Scott Brooks because um, he just he clearly had a ceiling, and I guess the guy was just being too cheap to kind of deal with it or try to you know that loyalty thing. But no, I think they stayed with Scott Brooks a little bit too long. So by the time they got a uh, um, my man Bill Donovan there, uh, Billy Donovan, um, I think it was already kind of too late. You know what I'm saying? These guys are already kind of in their primes, matured, and, you know, uh, they made it. They, they, they always in the playoffs. Uh, when he got there, he got them all the way to – he coached it behind off. He, he got them all the way to where they needed to get to. But it's just, like I said – we're rough, when you look man. at it in hindsight, we're talking about a 10-year sample size. And if those guys would have stayed together. Now, granted, I don't agree that 
you still would have got MVP seasons out of Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. I don't think that would have happened if they would have stayed together from then until now. One of them, maybe two of them may have gotten an MVP. I would probably say one of them. I don't think all three would have had MVP seasons. But when I look at it, if they would have stuck together, so they would have had to overcome what the Miami Heat with LeBron or Golden State, but Golden State was partially dominant because of Kevin Durant coming. So if OKC would have remained the same, I will say this. If Jason they might have been there, the most dominant ball club in the last James decade. Harden, if if James Harden does stay there, I will say that with him controlling the ball and him being the true uh, point guard and then having to sell Russ on being kind of that shooting guard or that uh, that combo guard, I think it does end up working out. You know what I mean? I think it ends up being they have a, a – the type of nucleus that can probably get about two or three rings, but I mean, hindsight twenty twenty. My guy Anthony, he said that the OKC Thunder they were pretty loaded. They had Serge Ibaka. They definitely had a young, nice core. They just didn't give it um, enough time to grow. And then I'm gonna be real, bro. At that time, yo, it, it was LeBron's world. It was LeBron James. That was LeBron's first championship. Mm-hmm. So you know. People, that thing was long overdue, year nine for him. So it just was bad timing for those guys. But I think if they would have stuck together, they'd have won one. You got to think, small market team, they didn't want to pay the luxury tax for Harden. And I know he probably kicks himself for for being cheap. But, I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So uh, a lot of narratives were set after they won that. They, They lost that championship. So I can see how things kind of went awry. So, here's what it is. All right, people, it is overtime. We're about to get into our last subject before we get up out of here on the Best of Seven Sports Talk. Episode 142 is almost in the bag. Our overtime subject, we are going to tap into Mr. Charles Barkley. Do you have the quote or do you recall exactly what he said? Because I don't want to be out of context. I don't want to say it. I know Charles Barkley <laughs> was taken up for trannies, and he was talking about if anybody got a problem with transsexuals, mm-hmm. f them, and yeah, he said, "I love y'all." He said, "Gay yeah. people, trans, I love y'all." He said, "If anybody got a problem with y'all, f them." Uh, yeah, that that was pretty much the the gist of it. He just saying how you know. So I got to talk. I, I that was his way to, to support them. I got to talk to the bosses, bro. The LGBT community, y'all shouldn't. Y'all do not want Charles Barkley as a representative. Y'all don't need that love. Y'all don't need that love. That guy is so wishy washy. How did this conversation even start? Like, yeah, I don't. I I, I think he might have been drunk. Uh, I think he was. Was uh, this at a banquet? Was he at a gay bar? Like what? How did it come? <laughs> Does it has anything to do with the NBA? I'm I, I I'm trying to figure. I, I really got to talk to the bosses about this. Does anyone yeah, I, know how to how to think started with uh, Charles Barkley in the transsexual talk? Nasty word. But all right, listen, I, you know, no shade toward the LGBT. We love this channel. We don't need no 
We all know. No, this, yeah, this, 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 it has nothing <laughs> at all to do with I'll the game community at all. <laughs> we know Charles Barkley in our yeah. community, and we don't want his love because that guy is a turncoat. Yeah, he is. And yeah. and I'm just like, okay, is this a shock value moment? Like, what is the real context behind Barkley doing this? Because I've never heard Charles Barkley speak on behalf of gay people. I've never heard him say anything negative, but I've never seen him be an advocate. And he's been on television for years. Years. So where the hell did this come in at? Especially if there's nothing going on in the NBA in relevance to, you know, this. So I don't know if this was a clout chasing move, bro. It had to be where they were. I think he had a little bit too much drink. And, you know, Charles is just being Charles. That's the way I'm going to just look at it. Yeah, Charles, you love the trans. I ain't letting you. I, I ain't got nothing. To say. I ain't got. <laughs> I ain't got nothing bad about the bad the gay community. I ain't tripping off of y'all, but Charles let them trannies. I ain't letting them go. I ain't. I, I got to talk to the bosses about that. Oh boy, you messing with them boys. I'm telling you, Charles, about you loving them. Nah, we ain't doing that, Jack. We ain't doing that. Doing that. You know what I mean? Oh, Salute to the guys, man. You already know the vibes of how we rock it. Episode one forty two is. In the bag, man. My God, D money coming through as well, always. Gee. D, I appreciate you, my G. Mm-hmm. Salute to everybody, man. I'm Seven Mitchell. This is the best of seven sports talk. Once again, make sure y'all follow and subscribe to the best of seven sports talk available now on all listening platforms. If you guys would like to donate or contribute to the network, we do have links in the description box. Also, merchandise is available. Also, links to our social media will be also included so y'all can stay in the loop. New episodes of the Best of Seven Sports Talk will be dropping every Wednesday and Saturday. So make sure you guys just stay in the loop for the notifications. Y'all stay safe. Myself and D-Money, I holler at you guys in a few. We out. Peace, y'all. All right, man, I want to thank you guys for listening in to another episode of the Best of Seven Sports Talk. I'm Seven Mitchell, man. Make sure you follow the show to be sure to be notified about the next episode. Also, I'll put the link tree link in the description so you can follow us on social media as well as donate and contribute to our platform. See you guys again on the next episode. Peace.